0: So what's going on everybody welcome back to the Internet's number one success podcast into the mind where we break down and analyze the characteristics skills strategies and systems of successful entrepreneurs, so that together we can learn from their experiences be inspired by their victories and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, a.k.a. Mindset Marlon, parkour athlete turned entrepreneur and real estate investor, and I am on a mission to help 7.8 billion people achieve success personally, professionally, and financially by empowering their minds and connecting them to the right people. Today, my guest is someone who I've been looking forward to learning more about. He was introduced to me through members of my mastermind, and he started to explain his resume to me, and he was sharing his knowledge. And I was like, yo, I need to have this guy on the show, Ace. ASAP to share with y'all. So this is going to be one of the first times that I don't give a long introduction about his resume, because there's just too many things for me to count. And I'm personally going to be diving into his origin story. Now we got into a little bit of it on a phone call. And I was just like, man, we we're basically doing a podcast episode right now. Let's go and actually record this thing. I mean, he's got crazy insight from being an entrepreneur for years, having some insight behind the scenes of some of the largest social media platforms out there. And And I want to also talk to him about where he sees the future of his entrepreneurial journey. So allow me to introduce my guest, Ferrari. Yo, Ferrari, what's going on, bro?
1: What's going on, brother? How are you doing? I'm doing excellent
0: today, man. So, dude, let's jump into it. You've got a pretty cool resume, I mean, between music, between social media, uh, entrepreneurship. like Take me back to the beginning because people that you know, if they meet you and they start listening to you and you're like, you can melt minds. Like I, I say that you melt minds <laughs> I appreciate the information that. <laughs> that you have. I mean, I was sitting there for about an hour and a half the first time I was listening to you. Like this dude might be one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to like branding, social media, entrepreneurship and putting it all together. But I'm sure it didn't start there. So let's actually go backwards into your, like your origin story. Like, can you tell me essentially what got you into entrepreneurship to even begin with?
1: um so my dad was an entrepreneur uh he he was a professional drummer he did you know some touring with uh some some bands and stuff but he was always running businesses so it was drilled in like at an early age so you know we would uh sit down and play chess from like the age of three and he would just have conversations with me about you know the do's and don'ts you know opening up businesses being your own boss the the ins and outs of you know potentially working for somebody and i don't want to say getting uh Getting shorted, but his thing was always, if you're making $1,000 an hour for somebody, you know, and they're paying you $1,000, what are they really making off you intrinsically? What's, what are, what's in it for them? And you have to look into that and then kind of, you know, deep dive into the, the reverse engineering of the business and your role and position, what value you're personally bringing in and how their business is scaling through you and how replaceable you are if you if you're providing something unique and you're being you know properly compensated that's great but at the end of the day you should be doing it for yourself man. what's stopping you from you doing it without a boss and that's what he's always instilled in me
0: that's crazy so even at a young age i mean he was like and that's a pretty important lesson and i think most people never actually think about that that if the boss is able to pay you you know $1000 $10,000 $100,000 salary you know, what numbers must they be doing? And then why are we not thinking about, hey, how do I become the person
1: writing the paycheck? Exactly, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. And, you know, we've always been told, you know, go to school, get a job. And I, I don't have a problem with that. And, and a lot of people feel that there's like this negative connotation with that. But um, my thing is, if you look at the facets of a watch, there's, there's, there's two hands telling time, but how many gears are inside the watch? Not everyone can tell the time. And it's not important. Mm. You don't have to be the boss. It's not, if it's not for everybody, then it's not for everybody. But every gear, every cog has an important place inside of that time being told properly. And I think that's more important. And, and with the whole entrepreneur uh, wave running wild, I don't want people to feel devalued because they don't have an LLC and they did buy a pair of Jordans instead. Because if you bought the Jordans with a job that you're passionate about, then you're not, you're not on the wrong path. You know, if
0: if you're a social
1: worker and you bought some sneakers and and you truly love children because of whatever your origin story is, no one's telling you to stop helping, you know, disenfranchised children to go open up an LLC. You're doing what you're here to do. And and I think that's getting lost in the shuffle. Well,
0: you know, I want to highlight that because what you're saying, and I like, I'm glad you're saying this and we're having this conversation right now because I'm finding you're right. Like entrepreneurship, it used to not be sexy. Like if you said you were an entrepreneur in the past, it kind of meant like you were a bum, like sleeping, like under your desk, trying to figure things out. And like, you didn't have a real job. (laughs) Now, like if you're an entrepreneur because of social media, if you're an entrepreneur, it's kind of, it's kind of sexy. It's kind of hot. It's kind of cool. And a lot of people feel this pressure to go be entrepreneurs because it's, it's popular. And I love actually when I talk to a person and I ask them, what do they do for work? And they tell me, you know, whatever their job is. And I, I always ask this question. I always follow it up with, do you like it? And I love when Someone tells me they love it. Right. Yes. Cause I, I work with, um, as a real estate investor. I raise a lot of private capital from people who have working jobs, who have W2s and some of my, investors they hate their jobs some by investors they love their job and i'm just yeah. like man like it's just when you love what you do you don't care if you're working for somebody else because at the end of the day even as an entrepreneur we are working for somebody else the customer is my boss
1: yes yes
0: So I'm curious when you were, when your dad was imparting these lessons on you, when he was, you know, sitting there, you guys are playing these games chess and you're having these conversations and he's just kind of explaining a, uh, a higher perspective, if you will, you know, were you picking up on it at that age? Like when you were young or was it kind of going over your head being stored for a later date?
1: Um, I, I, it, it, the way you put it, uh, yeah, it's a lot of it was being stored at a later date because. I still have, um, even with him passing in 2016, I still have aha moments. Like, I'll be sitting there doing something, and then I'll just laugh to myself. Kind what he told me about. All right, yeah. So moving forward, but some of it I did understand. And it, you know, being your own boss, and, and and even playing chess at three, it's like, what are you really doing? You know, at the end of the day. But we would have four or five hour conversations about just you know locking in, and he would you know I I got you an LLC or opened up an EIN for you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. But then when I needed it, oh, I have one already, and it's seasoned, and it's been sitting here for you for eight years, so go take this and go do what you need to do with it. You know, so the breadcrumbs have long been laid, so now I'm just kind of applying what I had been learning that I didn't even know I was learning. So even if I'm taking on, like, a new business venture or, or even looking into expanding on something I'm already doing, if a topic comes up where it's like, oh, well, you need to have these things in place and someone will say it and immediately it'll hark right back to a conversation that I had with him. Like, oh, wow, you already told me this. So I know immediately what to do. I, I don't have a problem paying people for you know, information. I love purchasing information, but you know the information he instilled in me has, has kind of built the person I am um, autonomously. I didn't even know what was happening. He kind of just basically programmed me Um, we're not putting a a negative context in the word programming somebody, but I was primed for this before I even knew it was something that I would be doing. I had no idea I would be doing this.
0: Wow. I mean, that's, that's really cool. And that's really powerful. And I I think it's, it's interesting, right? Because if you talk about chess, you know, I'm a fan of Patrick Bet David and Patrick has a book um, called your five next moves. And it's uh, to play on the game of chess where you have to, in order to be a chess master, you really have to be thinking several steps ahead to be a grandmaster. And it sounds like even your father, he was thinking several steps ahead with you where, like you said, he was planting those seeds, right? Creating the LLC, creating the EIN, knowing that, hey, maybe my son can't handle these things as of yet, but when he comes of age when this stuff does become relevant, he will not only know how to use the tools, but he will also have the tools waiting for him in the shed.
1: Absolutely. And that—that I do believe that was the whole path that he had laid. Because I used to come up with all kind of crazy ideas and I would come up to him and, you know, we would reverse engineer like the strangest of businesses. And (laughs) instead of saying, hey, that's stupid, it's not going to work, he would just add, he would lead me to finding out myself that, oh, we would stop somewhere along the line. Like, okay, that's not going to work. Rather than just shooting it down, um, it, it kind of was like CEO training. Without CEO training, I would just, you know, very young, come up with a, an idea to do this. Like I wanted to open up a comic book store because I'm a heavy collector at the time. I still am, honestly. And then he would ask me, you know, well, at this price, you know, where do you make money if you bought it for this? And then I learned, you know, the value of buying low and selling high. And I didn't realize I was learning these things. But, you know, it, at the time, you know, seven, eight years old, you feel like your idea is getting shot down. But then, you know, you go back on that conversation and it's like, oh, yeah, that's why I couldn't have sold the comic at two dollars because I paid two for it. Now I understand, you know, it's just little things that he would just ask. And and you would think, you know, why would you ask this question? And instead of always leading me to see that, yeah, that's no good. And just saying, you know, don't do that. That's bad. He would always ask me a ton of questions so I could figure it out on my own.
0: See. You know, and I don't even know your father, but like, he sounds like a, a great teacher. And I like what you called it, like CEO training, because what you just said there, and this is something that, you know, I want to highlight because I, I coach, right. And this is, you know, people have given me the, the credit sometimes with like, oh my gosh, like your, your students have done this and done that. And I explained to them as a coach, what I learned pretty quickly was my ability to pass information on wasn't just about telling a person, but it was about guiding them to discovering the answer themselves because the answer is already there for them, but it's until they uncover it, do they get there? And it's leading them with questions. And it sounds like your father really, it put, he put that there in you where, know, maybe later in hindsight, you were able to look back and recognize like, oh, wow, like he did ask a lot of questions and he gave, he had patience, patience yes. to- allow me to come up with my own answers, even if they were clearly wrong, and he could have solved the problem in two minutes, he had the hours to sit there and let me work
1: through it. Absolutely, absolutely. As, as a coach myself, I, I can say I do this to, to my students and mentees, I do the same thing to them. They'll, they'll say, hey, I want to do this. You know, what about Turo? Or you know, what if I try the shotgun method with Turo and go open up you know, and take 50 loans in one day? And then, you know, they don't report. And I'm like, well, that yeah, that, you can do that. That is, that's very doable. Um, what if you don't get any rents for the first month? Well, what do you think would happen? Like, where are you are We prepared for that yet? And they're like, oh, well, they'll definitely rent. I'm like, definitely is a very finite word for something you're speaking in theory. So with that being said, maybe we start with five or maybe we just go over to Bank of America and ask for four and don't play with any hard pulls, And then you have a backup with your personal credit as well, you know? And, and instead of going, oh no, that's terrible. Don't do that. It's like, well, now you're not really, coaching, you're kind of the boss I want to eliminate. So <laughs> we can't have an open <laughs> channel of communications if you're doing the same thing that sent me to you in the first place. You know, I, I left my job where I'm trying to avoid or leave my boss because they're just hounding on what I need to do and what I should be doing. But now you're doing it too. So now I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a negative space with you as well. So I kind of like just try to do the same thing, lead like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's build on the idea without tearing down, you know, the, the origins of the idea. Maybe this is not the best path, but it's still a good idea. So how can we build on this idea where it's feasible for you just in case you do hit a bump in the road? Because I've hit those bumps and I know they exist. So you know, for me to have gone through the minefield and have four or five limbs missing and then just go, yeah, just go the opposite way I went, you'll probably end up the same way. No, you're supposed to walk in the same steps I did because those mines have already went off. So let me help you do that without saying, don't do it, do it my way.
0: Man, you still that's- You have to pop. make it your own. That is, that's powerful. I, I, I absolutely love that. And, you know, you, this is how I could already tell that, and I haven't been inside any of your coaching courses, but like I can already tell from your approach, this is what makes you a good coach, because I'm very critical of the coaches, uh, just because I have a high standard for them being one myself. And the fact that you still recognize like, hey, look, I touched the fire. That's how I know it's hot. I need to also let my students touch the fire. The only difference is I got third degree burns. They just need to get their finger close enough to understand the heat and
1: gain the same knowledge.
0: They don't need to go and burn their
1: entire body. Exactly. That's the whole point of coaching somebody. You you can't get a coach that has never done anything. You you go on YouTube and get a couple of – I hate saying this, but if you go on YouTube and get some free information that may have leaked its way out of a mentorship – And then all of a sudden, now you're a coach, you're you're leading people directly into the fire. And I'm not saying don't take the initiative, become an entrepreneur, but you can learn by doing, but do it with your money and not someone else's is how I feel about it. It's like, hey, I'm never saying don't become a coach, but at least be remotely knowledgeable to at least if you're only, if there's a hundred steps and you're at 25, that's great. You got 24 steps ahead of everybody else and you should collect your money for that. But to get to tell someone that's at 50 that you can get them to 100 is kind of a disservice to yourself and the people you're collecting money from.
0: Powerful. I I freaking love that. And I agree with you on that. And it's funny because when I was a parkour coach, I did the same thing with my students. I said, listen, guys, I can take you as far as I've been. If you want me to take you further than where I've gone, I can give suggestions. Or more importantly, I could point you into the direction of other people who can get you there. But I'm just gonna, I would always like, if they would ever ask me to teach them something I didn't know, I would just quite frankly tell them, like, listen, I'm gonna let you know right now I've never done that. I can help you by being an extra set of eyes on the outside, but I can't tell you what it's gonna feel like because I've never been there.
1: Absolutely. And, and like it, it was amazing.
0: Yep. So yeah, let me ask you this, Robert. Let me ask you this, Ferrari. I'm like, so you started to get this foundation. You, it was instilled in you. Um, you know, it wasn't maybe quite taken right away, or maybe you didn't quite notice what you had. At what point would you say that you, you know, kind of woke up to it consciously and started realizing, like, huh, like I think I'm going to, you know, kind of step out and do my own thing? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you did work a, a solid W-2 for a good while, right?
1: Um, no. So yes and no. So I was modeling uh, for quite some time. And then I tried the workforce thing very briefly (laughs) with um, data entry. Um, I was, we were basically just parsing data. I had uh, finished school. I went in for uh, computer information systems and like a sort of sub in psychology and biology, but they were very low subs that I barely touched on. My thing was computers and um, coding. So I figured, let me go help and try and become like a systems manager or something along that lines. But my first hiccup was like 72 hours after jumping in, you know, they were like, hey, you know, we did a test. I did a typing test. It's like, you know, 200 plus words a minute. You know, my codes were perfect. Everything was great. I thought, oh, this is is a hit. And it was like a hookup from my mom. So I'm already trying to really be on my toes with the whole situation. And then the next thing was like, hey, we need you to stay till 1 a.m. And I'm like, well, I can't because I have school. Um, well, that's not going to work. You got to stay. And I was like, well, you don't care that I'm in school? It's like, no, you're, you're, you're primed for this. I'm like, oh, I see. I never went back. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I God's honest truth, I never went back. I, I understood that I had a skill that was valued, but I wasn't valued as a person. So it was like, do what you can do. Um, screw your life, because this is going to put me over the top. And then if there's something left that you haven't torn off of yourself that remains, maybe we we'll get you a day off. And that doesn't work for me. Because at the end of the day, I had a path that I felt that I was following at the time, but I ended up not following. So I immediately went online and just started doing some easy research. I was like, I don't know, maybe 17. I was like, let me jump on eBay, learn the ropes on that. I had a massive sneaker collection. So I was like, I don't need all of these shoes. So I started firing some of them off and I was like, okay, now I'm my own boss. Let me start building on this. And then it was, how can I get more stuff to sell? Where do I do product research? How do I learn how to find products that are already selling without wasting my money? So I'm buying buyers lists and speaking to people and paying for little, you know, not even ebooks. they're like at best like pamphlets, but it had enough information that most of it would be garbage. But if they had one little gem in it, it was enough for me to get to the next step. See, I wasn't looking for, you know, eight, nine figure income immediately. I just needed to know what I needed to know to move forward. And as long as I was moving forward, spending money wasn't the problem. So, you know, fast forward, you know, we we closed my first six-figure eBay store and I'm like, all right, well, most of it wasn't profit, but I did that. So now I have to find a way to get these things lower and now increase what I'm already purchasing. And then the boom of Shopify hit. And I'm I'm doing that while juggling, you know, now being over at Twitter. So now I'm at Twitter, I'm juggling Shopify's and I'm trying to connect these dots because that was still kind of fairly new. This was before the you know, quit your job, work work at home, doing drop shipping. This wasn't the thing yet. You know, there was no Walmart to eBay drop. No one was discussing it. You know, some of us knew about it and it was very lucrative, but now it's just completely rinsed. But this was before all of that happened. So I'm juggling all of this at the same time, trying to figure it out. But my marketing knowledge is what got me into Twitter. But my marketing knowledge is what also got my stuff sold. Because at the end of the day, having, having a higher price and better SEO is better than having a lower price and worse SEO. If my, if my item is popping up at the top and somebody's lazy, they're not going to go you know a couple of pages down to get the cheaper price. They need what they need right now and they got there to pay for it. I just need to have it. I need to have it and put it in front of you. My pricing at the moment doesn't matter. The fact that I can facilitate what you need was, which was more important. And that's what I've kind of started teaching people it's not really about winning items. Every item could potentially be a winning item if the person is convinced that they need it or if they're already looking for it. You know, if you see an ad on YouTube and it's like, oh, you know, we made $4 million with this wolf mug. Clearly that wolf mug is no longer a winning item or you wouldn't be giving it away, you know? And, and that's the problem that a lot of people are having. You know, they're watching free training and they're following somebody's roadmap. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do this, but it's already been done. And they don't take it for face value as an example. And I think the whole, the whole thing is getting lost. That's why you hear drop shipping is dead and, and all of these mentors and these gurus, it's, it's a scam. But it, it goes back to your work ethic. They didn't take the bumps. Their first bump is, was with a mentor. So now it's like, you know what did you think? The fire wasn't gonna be hot because I'm around? No, it's still hot. It's still hot. You're gonna still take some losses. I took massive losses. I lost 15, 20 grand sometimes. And it's just part of the game. And if you're not willing to do that, I'm not saying don't ever become an entrepreneur. I'm just saying, if you're not willing to take that kind of a loss, then start smaller. That's that's really all it boils down to.
0: Yo, Ferrari. So bro, you just dropped gems. And like, I hope people that are listening right now, like, I hope y'all understand, like, this is like what fascinated me. When, like, when you started speaking, Ferrari, the very first time I heard you, like, I can just hear, I was like, there's, wisdom behind experience because you've done things you've taken action it's not just theory you've actually lived through it it's like you can talk to a person you can tell like hey this person just tried a lot of things and I love what you said there like when I want people to understand that when things do become public like you're saying when that information is public when this is how you do it this is how you do it at that point treat it like a case study like it's in the past, like it's an example to show you what is possible, but you're not going to be able to replicate the exact same thing anymore because it's already been done. You're still going to have to get creative. You're still going to have to go and find that spark that the original founder, that the original trailblazer found.
1: Absolutely. It, just treat it as a proxy at that point. It's, it's literally just a proxy. It, so if that mug can work, what can you find that will work? And I've, I have relatives, I have friends, and they're like, oh, I see all of these scammy things on YouTube. I'm like, dude, these are not scammy. It's just you're taking them so verbatim. It, it, that's your problem. You, you have to, you're in a consumer's mindset, and you're trying to be a, a, an entrepreneur and a consumer at the same time. And to get into the psychology of a consumer, you have to leave and take that hat completely off. Once you do that, you can say to yourself, you're like, oh, that, you know, that wolf mug's is dope. Of course the wolf mug is dope. It was at the peak of, of Game of Thrones and all of that other stuff going on. Why do you think they dangled that in front of you? They, they got an emotional response. You hate your job. It was a good idea. And now you bought their course. But you're not making $45 million next week because that mug's not going to sell. It was to sell to you, not for you to sell.
0: So, so let's dive into that because you know, something on this channel, I haven't spent a lot of time talking about, and maybe I've been doing a disservice to people because it's something that I internally focus on in my business. It's marketing, right? And it's really understanding marketing, I think, you know, you, I don't know if you know this about me, but I did a lot of wholesaling in real estate and I thought wholesaling in real estate was all about like sales. Like you got to have good sales skills. You have to be able to talk to a person on the phone and really convert your leads And about two years in the game, I started to realize, wait, this is not a sales business. This is a marketing business. So can we talk a little bit about marketing? Because I think it's probably honestly one of the most important pieces of business regardless of what industry a person's in because if your marketing isn't dialed in it doesn't matter how good your product is it doesn't matter how good your service is if people can't find you and work with you and you can't find them then ultimately no transaction happens
1: the boat, the cogs don't keep spinning exactly like we when i when i onboard any client or we're having our first you know jab conversation i tell everybody if you're not marketing you are literally screaming out the window I, I tell everybody the same thing. How many people, I mean, listening, even yourself, when we talk about great basketball players, everybody got that one guy from their neighborhood that should have went to the NBA, but they've never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Is it because there's a million stories, but you have mm-hmm. to look at that, that person that was so good, that was better than insert name here. It's the same thing with going online. If I'm searching for a product that you have, that's 10 times better than maybe a brand product, but if you're not marketing that product, there's nothing anyone can do to purchase your product. You're not going to come up in a web search. There's bots that are, that are out there just to waste people's Google AdSense money. So I, I know because I've worked on some of them. So I know for a fact that they exist. You, know, you can't open a website in 2022 and expect to get a top search ranking. So you have to put yourself in position and put your product in position. Now you become your, your product boss. You're the only thing standing in between that product and the consumer now. So you have to say to yourself, what can I do to put this in the right hands and get the right eyes on it? That's your only job as a marketer. Your job is not to get the sale to convert. That's when you learn funneling and proper sales tactics. Ideally, as a marketer, it's just to get the eyes on the product and asses in seats. That is it. Nothing else. The the rest is all next steps. Like we've taken artists, no names. I'm not going to use names here, but they had no business with record, record deals or being verified or any of that. And it wasn't about talent. It was about their work ethic. You know, these guys would come to us, you know, with songs, with the, with the tags still on the beats, but they had big budgets. So my job was already done. You have the money to spend. I can get you wherever you need to be. And that's what we were doing. Marketing is essentially the most important thing. I don't care how good of a coach you are. I don't care how good your product is. I don't care about anything else. If I don't know it exists, I can't purchase it. And, and you can't just throw money at Facebook ads and expect, you know, something to happen. You have to really know exactly what you're doing. And you have to be able to get into the mindset of your consumer. You, you can't market you know, coaching to someone that doesn't need coaching. That You have to really fine tune your marketing to the point where it's almost brute force and guerrilla, but it can't seem that way to them because they still want to buy it. They don't want it to be sold to them.
0: Man, I mean, that's, that's so powerful. And it's funny because there's a few examples of like people that like have inspired me in my business and in my life, you know, Robert Kiyosaki being one of them, hence how I got into real estate. And I remember Kiyosaki did an interview way back when, where the woman had asked him, you know, so you think you're a best author, like the best writing author. And he said, whoa, heavens, no, like I never said I was a best writing author, but I am a best selling author. Because right now he says, "You could probably write a book better than me, but no one knows your book exists. So, how many people have you helped? How many people have you served? No one, because you don't want to learn marketing because you don't want to learn how to get in front of them. And I remembered I heard, you know, Tony Robbins is another gentleman I looked up to, and he he said that marketing is simply getting people to know you and want to do business with you. And I think sometimes, People hear marketing and it's just like they have so many different meanings about what it means. And, you know, I think it boils down to just that it's letting people know you exist and doing it in a way where when they find out you exist, they actually want to do business with you. Absolutely. That, so, that
1: is marketing as a simplified form.
0: So let me ask what, when you started learning about marketing, like what, what triggered you to start to understand this marketing? Cause you clearly had a hustle in you, you know, you started getting on eBay, you started flipping the shoes And I love what you said, man. You said like, look, I could actually have the highest SEO and the highest pricing and I'll beat out somebody who has a lower price than me. So like, when did this start to click? Was it something that you just start picking up books and you're reading marketing for dummies in the library, like after school, like
1: what, what was going on here? Mine was more trial by fire with with kind of everything I do. So sometimes I walk away unscathed and I didn't waste any money. Sometimes it was a complete dumpster fire. But it would be aspect A, master aspect A, trying to bring in aspect B. So if I'm selling and I'm doing good, but I know that there's a competitor that's beating me, I don't care about what I'm selling anymore. I I care more about that competitor. So now I'm going to reverse engineer everything that you have done. And now I'm going to improve on it. That's literally what I do. Um, even in our businesses, we will assimilate another business and they're not even knowing it's happening. I just, like I told you last week, we just absorbed the marketing team because they just couldn't compete anymore. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. It's just that we found what they were doing and we were kind of sort of working together, but not. And their expenses became too much for them. So instead of saying, oh, that sucks too bad, we took the aspects that we knew we needed. We, we took their value and brought them aboard. You know, there's no reason to go, oh, you know, that sucks for you. It's just you guys were a team that I was already looking into and I was reverse engineering everything you're doing. And when I say reverse engineer, I don't mean steal. A lot of people think, you know, that means steal. It doesn't. Um, What you want to do is when you find somebody that has inspired you to want to be uh, an entrepreneur or, or anything in life, if you have a competitor, you don't find ways to circumvent their business and like, oh, buy their products and then say they were bad. That's not helping you. You didn't learn anything. You just got rid of somebody else and someone will take their place. You know, they're not the only thing stopping you from making sales. They're what you feel is stopping you now. Once you get that out of the way, there will always be another obstacle and roadblock. You cannot adapt. You will not flourish in marketing. That's just how it goes. So if you're watching a video from 2020 on how to do Facebook ads, clearly you can look. The platform's different. And the platform is always going to be different. And your obstacle, challenge, competition, and competitors are always going to be different. And it's not about being better than them. It's just adapting faster than them. If a guy is outselling you, you have to identify why. Sometimes it's just a stock thing. When I first started, I just couldn't, I didn't have the money really to keep eight, 900 items on hand. And that's what I thought because I didn't know what dropshipping was. So now I realize, okay, you're selling 50 a day. I'm selling 50 a week. But Now I realize yours are coming from Walmart. Mine are coming from the supplier in China. That's how I'm losing. That's A to B. Now, B is you're beating me in pricing. So how are you beating me in pricing? Then I learned, oh, there's automatic repricers. I know coding. I'm going to go write one. Now we go from B to C. Now, B to C is, oh, you're still getting more sales than me. How are you still getting more sales than me and my price is lower than yours? Your SEO is better than mine. Now I'll master SEO. Move forward. So we get all the way to Z. And now your store closes or maybe we're just doing business together. I don't know. But at the end of the day, you can't wake up and go, I'm going to market, I'm going to do Facebook ads, I'm opening an ad agency, we're taking on artists, I'm soliciting labels, and I've never done this before. It's not even a crawl before you walk situation. That's just something you're incapable of delivering because there's so many moving facets in marketing. You have to know how to do it. My, my first interaction with Twitter, my IP got banned. I'm going to be straight up with you. They banned my IP for like six months. Um, I was marketing myself as a a musician, and um, I knew that it was a numbers game. So I said to myself, how do I learn the API limits? I learned them all in a day. Then I said to myself, how can I circumvent the API limits? I made another account, circumvented the API limits, how can I circumvent those? Next thing I know, I have a text file of about 130,000 Twitter accounts, and I'm blasting out DMs and messages, but I didn't switch proxies because I didn't know that was a thing at the time. So, you know, I've taken these bumps so you guys don't have to. So my IP ends up getting banned, but we ended up, you know, they appreciated what I was attempting and we found some common ground, you know, a year or two down the road. And I ended up doing a lot of their, you know, marketing for some of their larger folks, you know, major labels. I was doing butlering for a lot of people, um, senators, I worked on a couple of presidential campaigns. So you know, to date, um, I used to say I've spent over fifty million. In a couple of weeks, I'll be able to say over sixty. You know, I've I've spent almost sixty million dollars in ads between all the platforms. So it it has been a learning curve, but my mistakes haven't put me on the wrong radars. Um, My heart was always in the right place. You know, I, I did a lot of gray hat stuff. None of it was. I've never done black hatting heavy, but it's a it's a thing. And and if when properly tuned and used. All of these tactics can come together and, and culminate some really existing, um, interesting marketing things. And I, I think that's where everybody gets lost. When you want to learn a new tactic or a trick or, or even a new technique, you kind of abandon the old one and you should incorporate them. I'm still doing old you know, DM methods. They work. They really work. And you know, we've abandoned all of the older stuff from like well, older. Uh, 2013, 2014 is what we're calling older now. But these things still work. You know, a lot of the ad set management techniques. You got these YouTubers. Oh, the new best. It's not really the new best. It's just new. And I know you guys got to get your clicks, you know, but at the end of the day, I haven't changed tactics so drastically to the point where I'd have to make 50 new videos about it. Hey guys, Marlon Johnson
0: here. I hope you're enjoying the episode. We'll get back to it in just a moment. First, I want to say thank you for your continued support. And I'm happy to share with you that we've relaunched MMC. MMC is the millionaire mindset community. If you love these thought provoking conversations, then you need to be a part of MMC and get in the room with other like-minded entrepreneurs. MMC is a private group where we connect daily to work on ourselves and our businesses. We have daily zoom calls with other entrepreneurs who are setting goals, collaborating and doing business together. Plus a weekly coaching call from either myself, other coaches or special guests. Also, Being a part of MMC allows you early access to podcasts like this before they air, as well as behind-the-scenes conversation that my guests share. Because I want to make joining MMC a no-brainer, I'm offering listeners a seven-day trial for just $1 by going to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com. Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com, and when you register, you'll be able to do a seven-day trial for just $1. And if you don't get value from being in the room with the right people, you can cancel your membership on the sixth day. So what do you have to lose? Go to mmc.mindsetmarlin.com right now and register. Don't wait any longer to change your life. I'll see you in the room. Now back to the episode. Dang. Yo, Ferrari, first off, first off, I already know, like, let me give everyone like a moment that's listening right now. It's okay. You guys can can pause right now. You can give your brain a rest because again, you're you're doing the melting the brain thing again. (laughs) You're you're melting their brains, bro. But like, I I like it because ultimately, you know, what you just said, first off, I'm going to sum it up with like two principles. One, there are no new fundamentals, right? Like be wary of anyone that tells you like they came up with a new fundamental. There are no new fundamentals. You did the fundamentals, you repeated them and you've stacked the fundamentals and like this is what people forget like the compound effect is just stacking the simple fundamentals stacking learning one thing at a time stacking and it's like it blows my mind how impatient people are and I've been guilty of this as well because we won it yesterday that we aren't willing we think it's going slow just focusing on one thing at a time because I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this but like when I look and I'm listening to what Ferrari's saying like Ferrari did that all happen overnight like that all that, that hell happened oh like- no
1: hell no Hell no. Hell no. Yes. Uh, A lot of time.
0: And like I want people to remember this. And this is why we have these longer form conversations because they don't get this in a 60-second clip on Instagram. They don't get this in a quick TikTok. Right. But understand, like yo, Ferrari, you're talking about years and years and years and frustration and headache and mistake. and, And bro, you said 60 million, close to $60 million in ad spend. Like, yes, damn, you learned a thing or two. Now, real quick, yeah. before we continue this conversation, I need you to bring it back for the people who you said black hat and gray hat. And people are like, what? Like, There's someone who's still like back there okay. five minutes ago in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like- <laughs> I
1: will build on that. So with black hat techniques, um, I'm not saying to do any of this. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just not saying <laughs> to do it. So back in the day, <laughs> 2015, so back in the day, uh, you know, you got guys going. Um, some of you may have heard of Click ClickBank. Some of you may have not. You will now because AI is starting to be a thing again. So there were ClickBank offers. And, um, you know, we wrote some syntax spinners. And what we had were bots that were basically waiting for somebody to mention um, a, a related topic to an offer that we had. So what we would do is the bot would immediately respond like, oh, you like Macy's? We have deals here at, you know, blah, 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 perfumes. If they clicked that, we were getting paid. Like we were, we were pulling in massive amounts of money from bots doing the work. Now this is completely against terms of service, and this is by no means a gray hat method; it it's completely black hat. Um, we had thousands, thousands of accounts um, just responding to people on all topics where we had lucrative offers going. So if you're talking about toothpaste, oh toothpaste, the bot will respond to you. Hey, I heard I noticed you like toothpaste we have a great offer here at a crazy discount. Go check this out. And people are like God, you guys don't sleep. I'm like, I haven't seen Twitter in six months. I don't know what you're talking about. But that's a that's black hat in in, in a nutshell there are way, way more brute brute force methods I will not get into here. But gray hatting <laughs> gray hating falls in a, a similar but not so abusive um, stance. So basically some people will say gray hat is oh it's the same thing but less aggressive maybe five accounts so yeah you're doing the same thing you're using a bot but you're not circumventing API limits you're not um, breaking terms of service which I think is like five accounts now per IP sorry Elon if you you ever get this but it's <laughs> I, I think it's five accounts per IP I'm not sure um, and uh, you want to stay within those realms uh, again this is stuff I had long stopped doing once I built a relationship with them so by no means am I promoting you know to do this I, I handle a lot of stuff over there with like you know their celebrity clients and you know building relationships with new businesses for um Twitter verification legit verification I have no problem with Twitter blue but some people still want that hard stamp badge where they're a noteworthy person um speaking from experience I have one I've had one since like 2011 um so I know that you know there are people still reaching out some of them are happy with the 899 and I think that's brilliant but you know as far as the 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 gray hat is just It's simpler methods. It's the same tactics, but without the abuse, without, you know, risking, running the risk of getting your IP banned or, you know, even taking it outside of Twitter where you have, I'm sure you guys have had this happen, where you're on Instagram and somebody follows you and goes, hey, check out my main page. I need you to know that there are about 400,000 accounts that are doing that on their behalf. And (laughs) my company may or may not be behind that. Who knows? You never know. But it, it's a, it's a, that is a black hat method, um, but it can be turned into a gray hat tactic if it's done properly with care. Some people don't, you don't want to spam people in this day and age. Um, I'm just speaking, you know, 10 year old stuff, but that's what I mean when I mean black hat. It is just abusive methods to just gain, you know, some sort of monetary uh, instrument through forms of spamming people for your offers or whatever you're selling or, you know, that kind of stuff
0: yo ferrari you got me feeling like this is a episode of joe rogan because like i mean like people like you got to realize like people understand the internet and this like the iceberg and you just took them like beneath beneath the surface man like you just like there's a whole world down there they're like wait this is what's going on this is what's yeah. happening in the background and like you barely even got down like 10 feet of like this massive iceberg Oh, it
1: gets, it gets crazy. It's, there have been like so many things that I can't even mention on here (laughs) that I've seen happen. Um, I mean, you're talking cookie stuffing and like that's real black hat stuff. Like I just Google it, anyone listening if you don't know what it is. Um, I'll give a quick brief description. Um, I have never done this, I know it exists So, So basically when you have like an offer for like um, you see somebody on YouTube, talking about, oh, I just bought this new soldering iron and the link is below. Yes, I do make money off of it. as part of my affiliate. So people used to do something called cookie stuffing, which I think it's still a thing, but I don't know if it is or not. I know it's illegal. So it would basically have the cookie kind of not expire. So whenever they did this, you see your face right there. <laughs> yeah. So basically the offer would never expire. Um, again, I've never used it. So I might be prefacing the situation a little bit wrong um i'm sure somebody would be able to chime in way better than i can on this but pretty much the the cookie would never expire i know it's it's basically a, a no go now but um yeah you would get the you would get the the offer paid out whenever they decided to do it from what i understand I mean, i've done clickjack i am i've done that i don't know if you're familiar with it but um so real quick we had some artists that made it um I'm glad these folks aren't at Twitter no more. So we had some artists <laughs> that needed some um, some heavy-duty promotion. And um, two of my partners at the time, one was out of label, not going to say his name, and another one is still my marketing partner to this day. And these guys were trying to get a massive amount of followers to a certain person, group of people, actually quick. And this was around the time Justin Bieber had just blown up on the scene. So what we did was we made a... <sighs> I guess this is gray hat or black hat. Might be a little bit of both. So it was like, oh, you know, when a chance for Justin to follow you. So what we did was we created an invisible follow button from um, Twitter's um, tools, and we made it invisible, and it would follow your mouse no matter where you clicked on the <laughs> um, on the page. But it was a follow button for you know XYZ client, and you know there were hundreds of thousands of you know young girls trying to get Justin to actually just follow them, just so they could DM him. And um, it, it worked very well. People were getting thousands and thousands and thousands of followers with this campaign. And we were just getting free traffic just off of like a tweet and a shout out. It went absolutely insane. We had to pull it down. It had blown so far out of proportion. Dude. So yeah, those are some, those are some guerrilla tactics that we've used for you know what? over the years. It's crazy because I want people
0: to like, what's happening? Because I can tell you, it's happening for me right now where it's like, these are certain things that like i never would have thought of and it's cool like you start to expand your mind and really see what the capability of the internet is because the internet by far is changing the playing field of every facet of life of everything just I mean, the way we do business, the way we interact with people, social media is so critical and crucial. In fact, that's even like why, like I'm working with you now on you're helping me with my social media and my mission. Cause you know, I'm, I've got a large mission. I'm trying to reach a lot of people, 7.8 billion people. And the only way Absolutely. I know the only place I know they all hang out is on the world's largest like marketplace, the world's largest like social hangout. It's the internet. It's where they Absolutely. all are. So let me ask you this, right? You know, because we talked about something and, you know, I think you kind of laid into me and some of the other guys because we were like, hey, we're not really on Twitter. And you're like, bro, are you, you guys knuckleheads? Like, why are yeah. you not on Twitter? <laughs> like, it, so we talk about like kind of what kind of the, the, the perception, if you will, that Twitter, especially as a platform, provides for people as they are growing and. You know, I think people are starting to understand more and more the importance of getting on the Internet. I think many people kind of get it, but they still don't because they're simply on the Internet as consumers and they haven't been producing. So can we talk about like how essentially gaining credibility on the Internet, how that has, has the potential to affect a person's business and to really just change the dynamic of how they interact with
1: the world? Absolutely. So we're in the age of social proof. Uh, more so than ever, it it not because it, it never mattered, but now there's so many offers, there's so many click below here, find this out, um, you know, my students are doing this, these guys are on this jet, and it all sounds great. And the first thing most people, consumers especially, um, if, even if they're interested, their first thing they're gonna do is they're gonna go, click your page. And if you have like 1,000, 2,000 followers, it kind of takes the validity of your information away. And it's terrible. It's a terrible connotation I had because it's like, this guy could be the best marketing agent, smartest guy in the world. He could really be changing lives, but because he decided not to be on social media because maybe he was just so busy changing lives. But now we're looking at it, not we, but we as a people are looking at it like, well, why do you only have this? Well, you have less than him. But the thing is, you still looked and it mattered more than anything he said to you. Everything that went in, it's like, you know, And I look at people's ads. I do. You know, you see guys now start talking about YouTube automation, which has been around almost a decade. It's like, you know, I found this new thing. Quit your job, blah, blah, blah. And they'll go, well, why do you only have this? And it's like, he's giving gems for free on an ad that he's paying for to reach out to people. Of course, it's to collect money. Whether or not he can or cannot deliver on it doesn't matter. The fact is, social proof matters. And and, and if he would have had 100,000 followers, if he'd have been as seen in Forbes, as seen on Fox, as seen here, as seen there with articles discussing who this person is and what they do, it matters more. You know, why aren't you verified? I see that all the time. It's like, well, maybe he don't want it or maybe he just hasn't reached out or maybe they don't care. You know, it's very possible, but not having social proof today is is the difference between a sale, not getting a sale or or somebody just wasting your click. You know, sometimes they've already decided they're not going to spend the money with you, but they still want to see your offer. And now they've spent your click. You're still not spending money with you. And, and I'm not saying, Oh yeah, go get some super inflated, uh, you know, budget breaking, you know, marketing and PR campaign for like two, 300 grand. Yeah. If you got it, do it by all means, because it's Mm -hmm. going to make you your money back at least tenfold. but not being in this space and going, I have clients, I have clients. I have mentees that are like, yeah, I don't like doing the internet. Listen, you can't want internet money and not, one internet presence that's unrealistic one you have to do your due diligence it's like i asked them well why did you come follow me well shit bro you were verified on twitter like what about what i said Nah. (laughs) okay (laughs) that's fine well you must know something i mean well what if my best friend works at twitter and he just clicked the button for me you know you don't know that but that's beside the point the thing is it's like you see this and it, it equates that i must know something that you don't and that doesn't mean that I do or don't, but it also means that the person without the badge doesn't or does not. And that's where we're at right now with, with all of this social proofing. And it's important. And I'm not saying don't pay for social proofing. If you have the money to, to do a marketing budget, do a PR budget, do that shit. Because if you have something to share with the world and the only thing stopping you is, is just having a social presence, then do it. But not yeah. having it is hurting you just as much as not doing it at all.
0: You know, I I like that because I mean, quite frankly, it's true. We, We say don't judge a book by its cover. However, the truth is like, I mean, these bodies, these brains, like they're intelligent computers, they make judgments based off of past data. And when we look at people, our brains have to tell us quickly, whether it's worth our time or not. And right now with social media, with the amount of time we spend there, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, I know when someone follows me, I click on their profile real quick just to see who they are. If I see zero posts or one post or they only have 100 followers, quite frankly, I really don't look to go that deeper. I I truly don't. And sometimes it's to my detriment because sometimes some of these people are established individuals who it would be worth having a connection with. However, you're absolutely right. So, if I'm thinking that way, I know the average consumer who isn't really taking the time to do much deeper research and they're not really doing any deep due diligence on an individual. They're usually going for the easy cues on, hey, this person is credible. And in sales, this is something like I focused on a lot of when we were doing sales and we still do sales. One thing that we talk about is building rapport and building credibility. And that's one of the things that a lot of when people are new in an industry, new in a business, they're terrible with the building of credibility because yes. quite frankly, they don't have it yet, right? They just you haven't done anything yet, you're still figuring your way out. You start feeling like you need to lie to get there, whatever it is. So you're yes. struggling to build credibility. So your own self-confidence and what you can do is also hurt. And recognizing that social media, part of that is it's a tool to help you build that credibility faster, sooner, you know, sometimes, and I've said this in the past, I use my social media has been one of the most powerful blessings in my life, business and personal, because I've used it as a form of public proclamation. When I decided this is what I'm going to be, I would go on social media, announce it. So I now had the public pressure helping with the internal pressure I was creating so that both things were moving in the same direction. When used properly, it's a powerful tool to accelerate growth. And like, so yes. I like, cause when I was talking with you, man, you helped really kind of accelerate that outer work because we're doing the inner work, but now is the outer work is the outer
1: world also matching the inner. Absolutely. I, I think about it like this, we're all in some form of mentorship, one shape, form or fashion, because that's how we all found each other. I've yep. been, I've been all the way back to Ty Lopez, you know, and, and his marketing is amazing. Like, if you guys haven't ever seen his early ads. See if you can find them on YouTube. It's brilliant. All these books. (laughs) (laughs) What what got us here was we're not really consumers as much as people thriving for information. So like when we we think back to the social proofing with someone, I just became a mentee of somebody that had 5,000 followers because I know how to ascertain if someone really knows what they're talking about. And it's not like what we're having now is like, oh, he said, you know, he dropped the bar. I got to spend this money. It's not always about dropping bars because it might not be their bar. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope and it's very treacherous for people that are completely financially illiterate right now because anything is a bar. And I see it even on my personal Facebook with my family and friends, less than like three 400 people. But I see the same, you know, infinite banking and things popping all over the place. And it's like they're just sharing it left and right. And I'm like, well, you do you truly intrinsically understand exactly what's being said here? Yeah, it sounds good because you're hearing spend the same dollar twice, but do you understand the premise of spending it twice? Or are you just sharing it because it sounds like some cool shit to say at the moment? And and that's where it all goes wrong because now you're down to spend that dollar and you don't know if it was their information. So it's like I just two, three weeks ago joined a mentorship. Um, I want to expand my my rideshare business. And this gentleman, um, I'm going to plug him, Jeff Trolls, dude's a genius. And I knew off of my first conversation with him that this man not only knew his shit, I wouldn't fix my base. Like, well, how's your family so small? Because it doesn't matter to me because I'm not a general consumer. I know what I'm looking for, but they don't. They haven't been in the space of of business and marketing. And I'm glad everyone, especially people that look like us, are falling in in line now with, oh, yeah, I I need to get my own. I need to stop spending this money on these things. Like, I don't need $1,500 shoes. Maybe I'll go do this instead. And I'm not saying don't buy the shoes but buy the shoes when it's not costing you anything. Buy the shoes when you have $45,000 in, in, in rewards stacked up from spending on, you know, Forex rewards on ads for your business with American Express Platinum after you spent eight, $9 million on ads. Yeah, you want to go buy a pair of shoes after that? It's free, inherently. But, but when you're going paycheck to paycheck, you didn't really need the shoes. What you needed was the information that would allow you to have not check that price tag. And that's where we're failing. But hopefully not anymore. And that's what I'm seeing. You know, credit, it's all over the place since 2020. And that's a beautiful thing. I even opened up a free credit um, repair spot. Like you can go online and fix your credit for absolutely free now. So it's like, yeah, credit repair got predatory. So we sat down and we like, well, how can we get around this? Because we're even having meetings with reps at Meta. And they're like, "Yo, will do this. We're going to have to kill credit completely. And I'm like, well, let's just give it away for free. Let's just open up a spot where people can go online, fix their credit for free problem solved. And now credit repair may still be predatory. And some people aren't following the guidelines. And I don't think it's, I don't always think it's meant from malice. I think it's still, I joined a mentorship a month later, I'm doing credit repair and kind of don't really understand what, I, what the do's and don'ts are. I don't think it's always coming from a bad place. But the word scam is such a stain on somebody's reputation, and especially on the internet. And I think it's, it's too many people getting ahead of themselves too fast. And it's like, you mm-hmm. jump the gun, offering a service, and then they jump the gun, you know, deeming you a scammer. So you don't understand credit the way you should, and they don't understand it the way they should. So now their, their shit's not wiped in 30 days, and you look bad, but you explained it in a way where they didn't understand it, or maybe you didn't too. So I'm not ever telling anyone, don't become an entrepreneur, but understand what you're offering in full. That, that's, that's really all it ever, ever boils down to, and that's why when I hooked up with Jeff, Jeff knew the ins and outs, and I knew he knew them because I knew the lingo already from the business. It wasn't a marketing pitch. I wasn't pitched anything. It was expensive, but it was it was worth it. I haven't even finished it and I've gotten more value. And that's what we're here to offer. It's just value. And and you're if you're not getting the value, yeah, a shared post is cool, but you have to understand what you're sharing too.
0: Bro, yo, Ferrari, geez. Like, dude, I gotta say again thank you because you're saying things that people need to hear and it's not coming out right because like the people that get it like this is intuitive right we we know this we live by this code this is why the circles start getting smaller like when people always talk about the circles get smaller it's not for any other reason besides like you want to find people that are like minded that have the same level of integrity right and it's that and when we have this level of integrity it's not the same you're not necessarily screaming it from the rooftop, so it doesn't always come up in conversation for other people that are, you know, flies on the wall to hear. And that's why I'm so appreciative of this podcast right now, because what you're talking about is like really, first off, identifying value, really having that integrity to know that if I'm going to charge someone, because I see this a lot, someone sees somebody else is charging, you know, 10000 20000 $30,000 for a service, well, shoot, I can go do the same thing. Well, do you understand it the same way? Do you have the same track record? The reason they can charge that is because if I look behind the surface, there's actual substance, right? They can take on any questions. They could take on different scenarios because they've been through different things. But if you're only selling the surface, if you're only selling the picture, that's not helping anybody. And I understand. I love what you said. Like, you're not telling people don't do it. But recognize and be fair, be honest with where you're at, be honest with your clients, be honest with the marketplace, be honest with yourself. Like, hey, look, I'm still learning this. You know, like you were in the beginning, like I'm sure like when you first started out, your rates weren't the same rates that they are now. I'm sure probably yeah. in the beginning, you might have even been saying like, hey, look, I'm just going to, you know, do this for free so I can gain and gather more experience. So later on, when I am charging, I can know what I'm talking
1: about. Absolutely. I used to just charge go, go get me the accounts. When we were doing a lot of brute force work for people, dude, if you contact this guy and buy the accounts, send me the text file, I'll do the work. Cause I'm, I'm actually using you as a case study. at the end of the day. Like, I don't know when you're getting banned and I'm not about to sit here and say, yeah, give us 5,000. Um, you'll get a 25% conversion rate and you won't get banned. I can't do that. Cause I don't know so. if that's, what's going to happen.
0: So you you're not adverse to the work, and I, again I want to highlight that. So you you believe in doing the work. In fact, you still work. I know, like when whenever we talk, you're like, "Yo, man, I like I don't leave my computer." So you're constantly working. Let me ask you this: at this level where you've had success, you've been able to spend you know close to sixty million dollars in ads. You've been able to see behind the scenes that a lot of people don't, and you have different skills. What does the work? Look like? Are you at a place where you're like, oh, now I just sit back, and I let the team do everything and I do nothing? What begins to happen as you evolve and level
1: up? So, I'm like I said, like 100%, I'm always on my computer, um, whether it's research, market research, product research, um, onboarding new clients, looking at their folder. We have staff, I have VAs, um, I have staff in the States, but I have to give the direction. I can't, I can't fall on my sword if, if it's not my sword. So I can't say, yeah, this guy is expecting you know, 25,000 new followers in six months. They all need to be targeted. They got to be from here. They got to like this. And they got to like that. Here's 2,500 of the money, and um, I expect it done. Thank you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to need to pivot. I don't know if this guy's work even, isn't even any good. So now I may have to reach back and go, we need, we need a brand conversation. We need to do some brand building. Um, I think that you know what you're putting out right now can be highlighted better by doing this. So if you can't do your job or if I'm getting eyes and I'm not getting conversions, my job's being done, but now it's falling short somewhere else. There's a break in the pipeline and if I can't identify and ascertain and help you, I'm still not doing my job. Now, whether or not if you're selling music or if you're selling motorcycles, whatever you're selling, I can't make them buy that. But what I can do is I can put them there. So if you're seeing 100,000, you know, abandoned carts, clearly something's wrong. Now, if the cart's getting abandoned, it's probably the price. If it's still getting abandoned, it's probably the shipping. If it's still getting abandoned, it's probably the lead time. But if you have not done the work to know this, you can't sell a marketing course. You you can't identify what the problem is by where you're getting stopped at, then you can't do these things. And it's not that you can't ever do them, but you have to know why something's falling short. So for me to go, yeah, I'm going to take 25K, I'm going to outsource all the work, and then it's not my work. I have all this expertise and I'm hiring, you know, entry-level VAs. You're not getting my work, you're getting their work. It's, it's not even my work anymore. It's just my name and reputation on the line, which makes no sense. Yes, outsource every mundane task you can, unless you know how to write in Python and write your own bots. But until then, you have to be able, like I said, fall on your own sword. So yeah. Not every, not every campaign is going to be a massive success when it comes to sales, because it's not your product. Your product was the marketing. But if they're not getting there, then it's not, it's not them, it's you. And you have to be able to go, well, yeah, we should have tweaked this. And if you can't ever say that, you can't tell somebody, yeah, we didn't get no sales because your music sucks. No. If it was a six-month campaign, they paid you twenty five grand, you knew it sucked a minute in. You knew it sucked right there when you heard the music. Why are you going to wait six months after you've spent the money? No. You sit there and help them break back and figure out what they can do. You know, I know this producer. I, I hire, this guy hired me before. He makes beats. His beats are dope. Go work with this guy. Instead of going, yeah, dude, your music's bad. No. You, you, they're there because they need guidance. And, and sometimes you become part of their project too. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not willing to market.
0: You're not you see, willing to market. Ferrari and' you're, you're hitting on one of my major core values right now man because that's integrity. that's what that is that's integrity. that's understanding that look you paid me for a result. I understand the result you're paying me for. So in order for me because it's integrity and it's also having your own personal standard and knowing who you are in order for me to produce this result that you want from me, I need you right I need you as my client to be at this level as well like we this is this is a two-way street. We now, by getting into this collaboration, this partnership, into this transaction, you and I are becoming JV partners. We're partnering on this. And that's critical. And I want people to to listen to that because when they're looking for, when they're outsourcing help and they're looking to bring people on to help them in their business and in their growth, if you aren't having these sort of conversations with the person that's saying they're going to help you, if they don't show you this level of integrity of this level of, look. I'm going to give you my honest opinion, but that means sometimes I might also say I need you to go back and do something, right? Because I'm going to keep it real with you. Then run for the hills. That's not the person you want to work with. Right? And if you're like, no. hey, but this person's giving me the best price, guess what? You get what you pay for.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why I'm always on my machine. You know, I, I have my mentorships in multiple discords, multiple platforms. Like I teach retail botting, I teach reselling. Um, I, I have that to a science to the point where. You know, we're doing fairly well with everything that we're doing. But if I'm not involved, you're not still getting the gold standard. It's like, I have this great reputation, but if I outsource all of it, how much of me are you really getting? You know, I, I like to have my, my brand conversations with, with, you know, client A doesn't involve anybody else but me and their team if they want to bring their team aboard. Or sometimes if I have some harsh realities to drop on them, I'll say, well, let's have a private conversation because there's just so many things that we need to do now to mitigate loss of your money. You know, I I had a kid's mom contact me. Oh, he's the next Lil Wayne. That sounds great. Your expectations are massive. Um, I hope to hear this and I hear it and I'll go, I'll let 25, 30 people listen to it. We'll do a focus group when it's music. Sometimes I got to pay them for their time. Some not. And if I don't hear, you know, anything competitive, I'll let them know like, look, the lyrics are good. This is what we've got back. You know, this isn't me being a biased person that may not listen to your music. I've spoken to 30 people and this is what we've gotten back. And this is what I think we need to build on. Let's start with this. Let's raise some brand awareness and not push sales because everybody thinks a conversion is a sale. It is not. Conversion is an action that you wanted to occur when you paid for it to occur. You, you can't just show up to somebody and go, hey, I got this here. You should buy it. They don't know you, they have to warm up to you first. So, hey, check this out. Maybe your initial conversion is a click to the landing page. Now you're collecting data. Now they're in your system. Whether or not they bought, who cares? You've got them and you can retarget them for cheaper later if you know what you're doing. That's not a conversion. A sale's not, it does convert into a sale. But a click, an add to cart, uh, a filling, a form, these are all conversions. And if you're going to request something of someone like, oh, I need some conversions, Yeah, well, they need to know that you know, and you guys are on the same page of what a conversion is. You know, I need these sales to convert. Okay, great. If you're starting a marketing campaign, what's your expectation? I just need some conversions. Well, now we have a problem because ATCs are conversions, landings are conversions. Like you have to really know what you want as a customer. And if they don't, sometimes they don't know and you got to know for them and you got to break it down. You can't just say, yeah, it's going to cost this and I'll make it happen because you don't know that you can do that. Marketing is the most variable situation in all of business. You can lead 100 horses, and it could be the cleanest, tastiest water in the world. But if none of them drank it, none of them know. And then you need to find out why they're not drinking it. that That's your job as a marketer. not It's to get the eyes there. But when you're not getting the conversions, you have to find out why. And sometimes it's the client's fault. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's the two of you miscommunicating. But you you have to be able to say, yeah, i I, I could have... Potentially gotten them here, and if this was better, it would have worked. And if that's the case, you have to tell them that.
0: You have man. to. You, so you care. I mean, you clearly care, and I want people to hear that. So you know, I want to be respectful of your time, and I want to. There's like a few questions I'd like to ask at the end of every episode, where like we wrap Absolutely. This up, and we're, we might have to do a part two, man, because like you're, I'm down. You're you're a freaking wealth of knowledge, my man. I appreciate. Like, it. I appreciate. Like, I seriously, I appreciate that. So. The first question I have is because very selfishly, this is how I build out my reading list. I'm a fan of books, like books have changed my life. Learning from other people, getting their uninterrupted thought process has just helped me so much along this journey. So I always like to ask people, what's one, but no more than two? So you can name up to two books that you've read throughout your life. And it can be about anything. It doesn't even have to be business that were total paradigm shifts after you read these books, you never quite went back to thinking the same.
1: Um, Sun Tzu art of war hands down, like hands down and war and peace. That is it. Uh, If you can apply the art of war to conversations, uh, you can apply it to marketing. You can apply it to anything. Um, it, it goes back to what we were talking about, being five steps ahead. If you can treat every, every situation and every interaction with people and life as not, not a battlefield, but you have to also keep in mind that you could be engaging in combat and not know it. And that is the worst thing that can happen to you. Mm-hmm. You can be a participant in combat and not know it. With that being said, if you can get four or five steps ahead in marketing, you can get four or five steps ahead of your competition. You know, it is important. This, let's be honest, this whole shit's a war. You know, that's why when we're marketing, we're bidding. We're bidding. You know, I I can tell you, yeah, I can get 25 cents a click. I've gotten campaigns down to 0.0403 cents a click. These guys were getting their shits for free. But at the end of the day, you're bidding against somebody. That means you're still at war and you need to, you need to understand that. And, And that's basically all it boils down to. And that's, I love that book. I love the fact that it can be applied anywhere in any situation because you have to get into someone's mind. As a marketer, we're getting into the consumer's mind. As a business owner, we're getting into our competition and our consumers' minds. You know, as coaches, we have to take deep dives. You're basically becoming family. I know I know my clients' children's names. I know their interests. You know, I know birth dates. You've got to know this stuff. And if you don't know these things, yeah, you could have a massive mentorship and that could be the case. But if you're juggling less than a thousand people, you should know these things. You have to be able to get into someone's inner workings to identify the help that they need from you. Even if it's a passive marketing campaign, yeah, we just needed some clicks. Cool. But when someone's saying, yo, my credit's fucked up, um, I'm facing eviction. And you know, I heard, uh, and this is a true story, uh, you know, I heard your Zoom call in my church. I did some free Zooms about a year or two ago and they were playing them around like, hey, this guy said that, you know, according to consumer law, we've been getting ripped off. And I had people blowing, I gave the pastor my number and they were blowing me up. I didn't I didn't know that was gonna happen. So now I'm hearing dire straits and I'm ultimately responsible if I take your money. And you have to be responsible enough to go, yeah, that's unrealistic. We can't get you to a 750 in in a house before your court date. And if you can't do that, you don't belong in this space. And that's just all it boils down to. Because yeah, you could shut, at the end of the day, you took their money. You're shutting your door, sitting down with your kids. You're not in their position. You have to always put yourself in their position. I don't care if it's a rock star and you don't listen to rock. You better go listen to rock or do take their money. That's just what it is. If, if you can't get inside the psychology, behind the psychology of this person and this group, this genre, this, this business, this industry, then don't do it. Don't. You only have one chance to ruin your name out here. And we all talked.
0: <laughs> we Bro, all I,
1: talked. Yo,
0: come on, man. Like, I, I, I'm just going to keep saying this word integrity because that's what it is. And what you just said, you only get one shot to ruin your name. You're right. Because, you know, people, again, like, I wish if they could walk around and see like a monetary value over their reputation, I think people would take it more seriously. Your reputation is valuable. Your reputation is valuable. Your reputation is valuable my reputation has been probably the most valuable thing to me in my life so far and this is why i protect it
1: absolutely Yo. we don't want to end up on Coffeezilla.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let me i love those by the way so art of war and war and peace so yes. let me ask this now you know, throughout the years, you've learned a lot. You've had success. You you didn't get to a place of being able to spend close to $60 million in ad spend on accident. You know, clearly you've been doing things right. However, along the line, there were bumps and bruises. Can you tell me what was probably one of the most impactful at the time? It felt like a
1: loss, but later on you realized it was a lesson. My Twitter got suspended <laughs> with like 100,000 followers um yeah it was like uh oh nine I think one of my uh, one of my guys from my marketing team just called me and he's like I'm sorry and I'm like what do you mean and he's like just you'll see it later and um we had got suspended again um doing these brute force tactics and uh they just weren't with it and uh we had to start over I ended up getting verified with like 1200 followers at the end of the day but you know we had this massive following you know, we were pushing all of these things and I was like the figurehead of what we were doing. So I was the proof of concept. You know, it's like, we can get you here because look at this. And then when that went down, we were like, it's over. You know, what are we going to do now? And then we just had to rebuild. And we did. We, we did. But that, that, was, that was my dire straits moment for the first time. And then my second time was a wholesale order on uh, <laughs> AliExpress for like 18K. And uh, it just decided it wasn't going to show up. And um, yeah. It, it, we've had some setbacks. Uh, we, You know, when you deal in multiple businesses and you're juggling a lot of businesses, it's going to happen. And you just have to, don't expect it, but be prepared. You're going to lose money. People are going to rip you off. It's just part of the game. It, it is.
0: Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Like, I, I like that. We call it, Um, you know, there's a guy, Robert G. Allen, who like, I love. Like, he's got some really cool books, you know, old school guy. And he would always say, you know, you got to anticipate the storm. He says, you're not pissed off that it's raining. He says, you're pissed off because you don't have an umbrella, right? We can't stop the storm from coming, but anticipate the storm will be here. Then when it's raining,
1: you're not all that mad. You knew the storm was coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, don't, don't expect it, but expect it. You can't go into (laughs) every deal thinking someone's going to rip you off. You have to protect yourself and also Try not to seem offensive to the person, especially if it's your first time dealing with them. You don't want to ask them, you know, questions that are going to kind of make them not want to deal with you. Yep. But also protect yourself. Do your due diligence. So let me ask you this. And this
0: is one of my favorite questions. Ferrari, I want you to imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up and as you're coming to consciousness, as you're like, you're beginning to open your eyes, you don't remember anything. You don't remember the time you spent playing chess with your dad, the lessons that he's imparted in you. You don't remember the job. You don't remember the, what you've learned with eBay, drop shipping. what you learned with marketing, your time at Twitter, the books you've read. I mean, it is all gone. Now, you're not freaking out. This isn't some crazy Saw movie, so you're not scared or anything. But you start to open your eyes. And as you sit there as a blank slate, a thought comes to you. And when this thought comes to you, it just, it resonates and you take it as absolute truth. Like there is no questioning it. Nobody can convince you that this thought is wrong. And this thought begins the foundation of everything else to come. What would you prefer for this first thought to be?
1: My first thought after losing information, I don't know that I've lost. Hmm. I guess it would have to be uh, hmm. the power of the mind is completely unmatched. That's what I would have it be. Because at the end of the day, I didn't do anything no one else could do. Anyone can do anything and everything that I've done expeditiously. But without my willpower and without the power of my, my mind and my drive and my will to do this and the mental fortitude to get it done and fail with a smile, I wouldn't be able to do any of that. So that's what I would have to do.
0: Dang. I, yeah, I gotta say that's man. You just made it up there and like definitely in the top 10 of my answers, like my favorite answers. And like, we've had like over like 90 answers. I like that a lot. I like that explanation. That's powerful. Yo, so Ferrari, for the people that have been listening, that have been like, man, I like this dude. I'm rocking out with him. Like, I like the way he thinks. I love the integrity. I want to connect with him. I want to work with him. How can people get a hold of you? Like, Where should they go to get a hold of you to either be following along, to work with you if they're interested in learning more about social media? Like, How can people get a hold of you?
1: So um, I'm on Twitter um, very sparsely. I check my DMs more than I tweet. Um, it's just a, it's pretty much an engine to talk privately for Twitter for me now. Um, it is at f y r a uh, it is the blue check one. Any, anybody else is going to offer you Bitcoin scams. It's not me. Um, Instagram, I am not verified. Uh, I have not done my due diligence on there to get it done. Uh, there's some stuff that they need from me. I haven't turned over, but it is the same handle at f y r a r e uh if you want free credit repair you, it, it's available it is get your dispute knock yourself out it's 100 percent free for life um by all means i implore you fix your damn credit it is the slogan of the company fix your damn credit you can it will change your life um if you need me feel free to tweet dm reach out anything you want to know we are here available 24
0: 7. yo ferrari i love that guys i'm gonna put his links down below I implore you connect with him. I mean, when you find people, everyone you already know. If you've been a participant of this show, if you've been a participant of this channel, you know how selective I am about bringing guests onto this show. I only bring people of quality. I only bring people that I resonate with. And Ferrari is absolutely one of those people. So we're definitely going to have to have him back for around two. And if you've gotten value from this. You already know what my price of admission is. You know what I asked for. It's very simple. I ask that you leave a like, you hit the subscribe button if you're new here, and you share this with somebody else because that's how we keep this campfire going. That's how we get information out there. and We make our community better. It's by passing on valuable information. So when you get value, I need you to send this over to somebody else. If you did not get value, then don't share it. That's how I'm going to know I need to step my game up. But if you're getting value, it's going to give me some indicators of like, okay, cool. We need more conversations. We need more information. We need more guests like this. So guys, I appreciate you for being here. I
1: will catch you next week for the next episode of Into the Mind. Mindset Marlins, peace and out.